Hi, I'm Brian Arcisse, one of the multi-counselor portfolio managers on the Ford International Fund and Ford Global Equity Fund here at Ford Asset Management in Singapore. Here today with Ishrith Hassan, JC Shui, multi-counselor portfolio managers on our Global Equity Fund, our AsiaX Japan Fund, and Ishrith also on our Sharia Global Equity Fund. We're here today to chat about artificial intelligence, AI, and certainly, I mean, if we look back at year-to-date performance of the technology sector in general, and in the U.S. in particular, I mean, the big seven alone have risen 55%, where the other 493 companies in the S&P are up 4%. Now, obviously, that's not only because of AI, but certainly sentiment around AI uh, has driven a significant kind of portion of that performance. But maybe, JC, to start, Maybe you could just chat about kind of what is AI? Is it a fad? Is it here to stay? Sure. I think um, the simplest way to define artificial intelligence is um, really machines starting to be able to do what we humans can do. And even taking a step further to do what we can do substantially more efficiently. Right? And then going beyond that, machines starting to do things that humans can't even phantom of doing. Right? And you know, the example of AI that we probably interact with the most in our day-to-day -day life would be the algorithm that um, we see on Facebook, on Instagram, right? Um, those algorithms, the artificial intelligence is kind of curating um, the best videos to show us, to keep us you know, entertained and continue scrolling on all these various apps. And then same thing on Amazon.com, for example, the algorithms, the artificial intelligence is helping to kind of curate and push you know, what's the next best product that we might um, consider buying, right? So all these are curating kind of AI. Um, and today, the hype is all around generative AI. And so what's generative AI? It's essentially AI now being able to start creating stuff, right? So ChatGPT, your conversation chatbot, for example. Today, you can type in, you know, write me an essay, and it'll write you an essay. You can tell it to write you a poem. There are engines that you can ask them to craft you a song, draw you a picture, do an interior design, you know. The amount of productivity uplift that comes from generative AI is, you know, substantially beyond what was possible previously. And I think, you know, there's probably going to be more applications even kind of going forward that we haven't even imagined yet. So, you know, just given the productivity uplift that AI is going to bring, I definitely don't think it's going to be a fad. It's going to be here to stay for a long time. And Ishrith, I mean, would you agree with JC regarding kind of both the potential and the longevity of AI? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, to me, I think uh, AI is like the new electricity, you know. Uh, when uh, electricity was first discovered, it only was used to power the light bulb. And then, uh, I mean, it's a general purpose technology, and then it went on. Uh, to power sort of everything from uh, transportation to communication to industrials, machinery, appliances, and so on. And if you think about AI um, and the underlying technology behind it, it's only really gotten to uh, the stage where machine learning and things like generative AI uh, can be applicable to all of humanity in the last few years and, or even the last year. So we are, we are definitely at the very beginning of uh, sort of AI proliferating and touching and flowing through sort of uh, everything we do, just like electricity did. And uh, yeah, I think it's definitely here to stay and it'll, it'll only be more pervasive 
uh, as, as time progresses. It may uh, sort of disappear into the background and you may not realize uh, the impact or, or that, that it's AI overtly, but it would be powering a lot of applications going forward. So yeah, definitely here to stay. It obviously, I mean, we've all started using it in some way, shape or form, and it is fascinating. But from an investment standpoint, maybe JC, you can frame out a little bit of sort of that investment opportunity around mm -hmm. AI mm -hmm. as it stands today. Sure. Um, we think about it from kind of three layers, right? The first layer is effectively your businesses, they are creating some of this generative AI, you know. Um, your conversational chatbots, um, they are built on large language models. Um, the one that's most famous would be ChatGPT. Um, and today, um, OpenAI, which is the creator of ChatGPT, is partnering Microsoft and they are rolling that out across multiple Microsoft applications, right? Um, such as Search Engine and, and Microsoft Office tools. And then on the other side, you have the likes of Google as well, um, rolling out their own ChatGPT equivalent Google Bot, right? So that is the first layer. Um, companies that are actually creating some of these generative AI tools. Now the second layer is, you know, to create these tools, you need to train all these um, large language models, right? And these language models are trained on the infrastructure layer. And um, the training would consume a lot of um, chips and require a lot of capacity, right? And this would benefit your data center providers, your cloud providers, the likes of Amazon AWS, the likes of Google Cloud, um, Microsoft Cloud would be examples of names that sits in this infrastructure layer. And last but not least would essentially be all businesses, all businesses that would be quick to adopt some of these tools that start proliferating. The faster a business is able to start adopting this, to make changes to their product, to elevate their product for customers, um, that would be a game changer for, for, for these businesses. So these are kind of the three layers we, we kind of frame um, some of our investment thinking around. And Ishwith, I mean, in our portfolio currently, I mean, are the companies, some of the companies that we own already benefiting from AI? Yeah, no sure. I mean, the thing is we've uh, been onto these businesses that have the ability to benefit from AI far before uh, AI was a thing, you know. And, and the reason behind that is, is that we uh, tend to love businesses that own the customer and have data that is unrivaled on the customer and their behaviors. And so we view this as, as a moat for these businesses driven by network effects or, or social graphs or whatnot. Uh, so we, um, we've been owning these businesses for most of the past decade from sort of uh, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Netflix, Spotify, um, Alibaba, Tencent, uh, JD, Baidu. Uh, all of these companies have, they own the consumer and they have tremendous amount of data on these consumers' behaviors and habits that power AI and allow and enable AI to be effective uh, and useful today. And if you think about like what these companies know about you and the world today, I mean, they know far more about you and I than we know about ourselves, you know? I mean, that's the extent of data they have on our behaviors, what we do, how we do it, uh, habits, and so on. So now, we, we've owned these things for a while, and, and now you're starting to see AI be a tailwind for future earnings uh, on, on these businesses. And in addition to that, uh, as JC mentioned, we, we also, own uh, the enablers of AI uh, companies like TSMC, which provide the hardware mm -hmm. infrastructure and architecture for the continued progress of technology, as well as business like EPAM Systems, which uh, 
allows uh, or, or, or provides the software tools and development services for other businesses to embrace and enable AI within their, their own context. So yeah, we, we have a fair bit of AI exposure across the portfolio. And I think even for a layman in AI, someone who's new to it, some of the companies you mentioned make sense to me. Google, Microsoft, TSMC, or an EPEM for software de development. But maybe, JC, are there names that we wouldn't ordinarily think of being associated with AI, where AI either is today sort of an important part of the thesis or will be going forward, but companies that are outside of the technology sector? Yeah, there is. Um, so an uh, interesting space that we have um, been spending a bit more time on is the business um, process outsourcing space, which sits in um, business services under industrial segment, actually. Um, and what's interesting about this space is that um, it's been deemed by market analysts that it's in, it sits in the AI loser basket, right? So what business process outsourcing companies essentially do is, you know, they will be the guys who process your insurance claims, they will be the guys who would do your invoicing um, to make payments to your vendors, or when you need, say, airline ticket changes, um, this will be the guys handling it for you. Um, so the market basically says that, you know, with AI, with machine, all this manual work is going to be replaced. So the businesses of these businesses, companies, are going to collapse. So we thought this was quite interesting because the share prices fell quite a lot and valuations became more attractive. After diving in, we realized maybe it's not so straightforward after all, right? It's kind of an inverted AI thesis, right? So we realized that um, you know, many of the best business process outsourcing businesses are actually going to be using this AI tool to drive even further productivity enhancement, right? So they're going to be processing your insurance claims even faster, right? They're going to be able to, you know, service customers who need changes to their travel itinerary, their ticketing, to a much more efficient level, right? And then when efficiency increases, they are going to get more outsourcing business demand from even more various other companies. So business actually potentially grow rather than decline as what market is speculating on. And then furthermore, we realize that for, you know, like even to use these AI tools in the first place, um, what we found is that data sits in silos across these different businesses, right? So you need someone to come and take all this data from different parts, clean the data before you can even train it for AI usage, right? So who's going to do this work? It's going to be this business process outsourcing companies again. So various pieces of evidence that show us maybe, you know, there could be an interesting thesis here and they are not exactly AI losers, right? So these are some of the things that we are actually thinking about with regards to AI that's not just within the tech sector itself. Sure, sure. And, and Ishwith, I mean, along the same lines, you chatted about some of the technology companies, but looking at them from a consumer angle. So Google, for example, that knows more about us probably than we know about ourselves, which isn't necessarily comforting. Um, but if you look at companies within that consumer space outside of technology, are they also already adopting kind of AI, even if it's not a core piece of their business model? Yeah, I think, I mean, most of the best businesses uh, led by good management should be uh, adopting AI. And, and one example I would cite is, is Yam China, which we own, a phenomenally managed business uh, they own the KFC and uh, Pizza Hut franchises across China. They own their own uh, supply chain for providing ingredients into uh, these restaurants. Uh, they own a coffee uh, chain as well. And in terms of their uh, embracing of technology and AI, 
to enhance the consumer experience and and uh, customer satisfaction it's just uh, un unparalleled you know i mean so if if you look at sort of uh, again the data that they have on on their customers behavior through their ordering habits on their apps what they do when they come into the store delivery routes of of all the order, all the takeout orders that that they deliver uh, i mean their ability to provide these incredible user experiences on a highly personalized level to their their customers uh, ha has driven loyalty uh, higher basket sizes or higher order sizes as well as new customer uh, growth channels as well so yeah you're, you're definitely starting to see uh, management teams and businesses that that embrace ai starting to sort of differentiate themselves both from a growth and margin standpoint from from the rest of their the pack and their competitors i think another sort of interesting business we own is is tgs uh, which is the largest seismic data provider to the oil and gas industry and what they do is effectively uh, explore the oceans with these big uh, streaming vessels and ocean bottom nodes and uh, processing technology where they map out the oceans of the world uh, so that uh, oil and gas companies can explore uh, acreage more effectively and more efficiently and uh, what something like ai and data processing uh, technology enables them to do is is uh, map out this uh, landscape at a much faster pace uh, at a lower cost and provide more data and analytics to the customers to allow them to uh, get better use better use and value of their data and and sort of uh, find energy at a cheaper price you know so yeah i mean there's ai is going to touch sort of every business uh, or every sector in the world in the future it's it's a question of degree uh, and then there's a company like uh, harmonic drive systems which is in the industrial side that we also own um, that that is the leading provider of reduction gears that goes into robotic arms so if you imagine a world where i mean we have terminator type robots all over the place uh, harmonic drive has 70% market share of these robotic arms so yeah i think i mean it's it's everywhere and and we're fortunate enough to have quite a few of them in our portfolio and when we look at the investments i mean we chatted about uh, just at the beginning how much tech had moved on a year to date basis in no small part because of ai uh, if we look at the earnings calls of some of the companies within the technology sector just this year alone, I mean, the most recent earning calls of either Microsoft or Google and many others were mentioning AI on the earnings calls upwards of 70, 80 times. Yeah. For us, obviously, value is important when investing. I mean, with the sentiment in the space now, and some would say hype, I mean, how do you factor in valuation? How do you look at valuation in this type of backdrop mm. with AI as a technology, JC? Mm. I think you know our approach really doesn't change too much, right? Um, so I think two of the companies that you should have mentioned within our portfolio that's benefited from AI would be, you know, Google and TSMC, right? If we look back at what even drove the investment case before, right? Today they are benefiting from AI, but um, years ago when we invested in them, right, um, AI was far away from the conversation, and you know it wasn't priced into the valuation. What was driving it was for Google, right? Digital advertising for TSMC was proliferation of chips, right? Having more chips in your phones, in your cars, in your data centers. Um, so our approach is always, you know, we like to buy things when they're not priced in yet, 
right? So buying a Google back then, I don't know, 15 to 20 to 25 times when AI was not part of the core thesis yet. And then fast forward to today, suddenly people realize, oh, Google can still grow 20% because AI is going to drive that 20% growth for the next five years. But we are not going to pay for it today because five years ago, no one is thinking about all these things like so far out. So that's kind of our framework and that's kind of how we continue to think about things, right? So we would prefer and we typically don't, you know, pay for something like NVIDIA that, you know, it's all hyped up where everyone knows, every, the consensus is saying, you know, NVIDIA is going to benefit substantially from AI-related growth and as such, the price reflects that, right? So when the price already reflects that, you know, it's typically not something that we, we prefer. And Ishrith, I mean, obviously the space is, has been around for a while, but it also in, is in many ways in its infancy or certainly at a big inflection point. But if we just look today, what do you think the market is missing, if anything, kind of today about AI? With, with all these uh, transitions, I think what the market often misses is the duration and the path that these uh, transitions take particularly as it relates to the earnings that these businesses or, or the earnings impact on businesses. So even if you look at the dot-com uh, or, or the internet sector, right, in, in the uh, mid-90s, there was a big hype uh, in the mid-90s and then you had the dot-com boom and followed by the bust. And it was only more than a decade later that you saw the real winners emerge uh, as far as compounding revenue and earnings grow. So I think even with AI, you'll see similar uh, sort of hype cycles going forward. I think what's important is to keep your eye on the ball in terms of earnings and, and value that these companies present to us, uh, uh, particularly over the long term. In some cases, as, as JC alluded to with uh, NVIDIA, you're not really paying for those, uh, that AI uplift. And I think that's, that's the, the, the sweet spot uh, in terms of finding opportunities, but uh, yeah, the hype cycle will will be up and down, you know, as they as it always is. Uh. No, it's a fascinating space, and I think what what's most interesting to me when you guys were chatting about it is not only the growth that it enables for those technology firms, but I mean how much AI is permeating non-technology firms, and Ishrit, as you mentioned, the ones that are well managed will really benefit from from this technology used very broadly over time. It's certainly evolving quickly, uh, and I'm sure that we'll have a lot more to talk about on this space, but I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. The economic views presented are drawn from facts current on the date of publication. This podcast has not been reviewed by any regulatory authority, including the Monetary Authority of Singapore or the Financial Sector Conduct Authority. Ford Asset Management Companies are a licensed FSP in South Africa and a licensed fund management company in Singapore. For more information, visit Ford.com.